Credit Suisse is the global sponsor of the New York Philharmonic. The New York Philharmonic this week is generously underwritten by the Kaplan Foundation, the Audrey Love Charitable Foundation, the National Endowment for the Arts, and by the Philharmonic's corporate sponsor, MetLife Foundation. From Avery Fisher Hall in New York City, it's the New York Philharmonic This Week, a weekly program of concerts and recorded highlights by one of the world's great orchestras. And this week... We hear the Philharmonic in an all-Mozart program. Emmanuel Axe will be the soloist in Mozart's Piano Concerto No. 22. The second half of the concert will feature Mozart's great C minor mass with soprano Jennifer Zetlin, mezzo-soprano Jennifer Johnson Cano, tenor Paul Appleby and baritone Joshua Hopkins as soloists with the New York choral artists Joseph Flummerfeld as their director. I'm Alec Baldwin. Please stay tuned now as music director Alan Gilbert conducts the New York Philharmonic this week. Mozart is, in a way, the most important composer for an orchestra to work on. I think that an orchestra that can successfully play Mozart probably is in a good position to play any other music successfully as well. And that's saying a lot, actually. It looks easy on the page, it's deceptively simple sounding, but it really forces musicians to come up with a one-to-one -one identity with the notes on the page. And I've been very, very happy and, dare I say, even proud with what we've managed to achieve with Mozart up until now. And I'm happy to continue this endless process because Mozart never, never gives in. There's always more to look for. Uh, with this program, pairing a Mozart piano concerto uh, that will be played wonderfully by Maniacs and the epic and grand Mass in C minor by Mozart. Music director Alan Gilbert, the Yoko Naga A. Cheskina chair. Mozart lived a rich life during his first four years in Vienna. From 1782 to 1785, he enjoyed sporadic wealth and was in great demand as a composer, a pianist, and as a teacher. By the end of 1785, however, the Austrian Empire and Vienna's Golden Age were in trouble between uprisings on various borderlands and the sparks of what would become a war with Turkey, Mozart and the music industry as a whole suffered a decline as art took a backseat to politics. Mozart composed three great piano concertos in 1785, K-466, K-467, and the work that opens our program, K-482, or the piano concerto number 22 in E-flat major. From the very month in which he began work on this piece, we see the first in what would be an ongoing series of desperate letters from the composer begging for cash. Mozart completed this concerto on December 16, 1785. The work was premiered that same evening in between acts of the Oratorio Esther by Karl Ditters von Dittersdorf. 
Despite Mozart's personal difficulties, there were still enough wealthy and interested connoisseurs available to pack the subscription concert that introduced this piece as a standalone work on December 23, 1785. It was very well received, especially the slow movement for which the audience demanded an encore. In terms of structure, we encounter similar compositional practices heard in Mozart's previous piano concertos, notably a dark, solemn, slow movement. and a finale that sounds as though it could be lifted straight from the pages of a comic opera before turning inward. Perhaps most noteworthy in this piece, however, is the dialogue between the soloist and a quintet of woodwinds in the second and third movements. This is the first instance of Mozart employing clarinets in one of his piano concertos, and he was apparently so pleased with the result that he immediately rescored his K488 concerto in similar fashion. It isn't difficult to find a pianist or pianophile to wax sentimental on this work, but Mozart's scholar Cuthbert Girdlestone may have summed it up best when he wrote in his book Mozart and his piano concertos, quote, of all his concertos, this one is the queenliest. Combining grace and majesty, the music unfolds like a sovereign in progress. Here with more is pianist Emmanuel Axe. It's very grand. It's very difficult. It has a minuet in the last movement, and it has one of the great C minor slow movements. I think that combination certainly makes it one of the more favored ones. But they're all, they're all great. I'm sure that until Mozart, no one played as brilliantly or wrote things that were as difficult. There's really nothing before him that equals the difficulty of, of, of some of these concertos. And this is one of the hardest, but something like K450, the B-flat, the last movement is outrageously hard. I think all these great composer pianists somehow found a way to make things more astounding to their audience. 
And we go down to the stage now at Avery Fisher Hall for a performance of the Piano Concerto Number 22 by Mozart. Emmanuel Axe is the soloist, and Alan Gilbert conducts the New York Philharmonic. Thank you. 
Piano Concerto Number no. 22 in E flat major K482 by Mozart. Emmanuel Axe was the soloist, and the New York Philharmonic was led by its music director, Alan Gilbert. Emmanuel Axe has performed with the New York Philharmonic over 100 times. Last year, he was granted the orchestra's highest honor when he was named as an honorary member of the Philharmonic Society. Next season, he'll deepen his relationship with the Philharmonic further when he succeeds Frank Peter Zimmermann as the Mary and James G. Wallach artist in residence. Here he is now in conversation with our producer, Mark Travis. It gives a performer a chance to get to know the orchestra better and to see them more often, although I've been very lucky. I feel like I'm part of the Philharmonic family, and so... Uh, for me, it's just a it's just a very welcome present. But I know I'll be among friends already. Also, it gives you a chance to maybe do a couple of more unusual pieces. I I know that w one of the things we're one of the programs we're doing is a Mozart concerto because that's going on tour to Europe. Right. But the other two programs that I'm involved in are Bach and Schoenberg, for one, mm -hmm. and uh, Chris Rouse for the other. So that's very nice. It's nice to have a chance to, to play that great music again. Uh, the Rouse is going to be the third time out with the Philharmonic, which is very exciting. And, oh. and I, I think, I, I hope that maybe it'll, it'll have a life afterward. I think it's a fabulous piece. Nice. So, so I hope that will give it a little more impetus. Uh, the Schoenberg is a f wonderful concerto, or at least a concerto that I love very, very much. Mm -hmm. And it's not long, so everyone should enjoy it enormously. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess we're also doing a little bit outside the concerto repertoire. We're doing a program which will involve the Lied von der Erde in the Schoenberg arrangement for 15 people, which includes piano. Right. That's extremely exciting to me. It's one of my very, very favorite pieces of all. And to have a chance to actually play it, you know, that's not something you can do in the orchestral version. As a pianist, obviously, there's nothing, unfortunately, nothing to play except a gong, maybe. But, <laughs> <laughs> but this, this will be very exciting. And uh, also a chance to work with some friends from the orchestra in a different in a different way. And I hope that as we keep going, I think we're getting more to that point where we feel that when we play concertos, we're also doing chamber music. Because mm -hmm. ideally, that's what we will wind up doing. That's great. Uh, playing, whether it's Mozart, Chopin, uh, Rouse, Schoenberg, that we'll all feel like we're all involved and all doing our part. Well, uh, as always, want to wish you uh, continued success and good health. And, Thank uh, you. We look forward to seeing you around the hall a lot. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I look forward to that as well. That's Thanks great. a lot. Following a pause for station identification, our broadcast will continue with a performance of Mozart's great C minor mass. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to the New York Philharmonic this week. Mozart left his two greatest religious works unfinished but for very different reasons. His untimely death brought work on his requiem to an end. The great mass in C minor that concludes this program, however, was left incomplete for reasons that remain not entirely clear. But first, a little history. 
Between the ages of 16 and 24, Mozart was in the service of the Prince Archbishop of Salzburg. It was not a particularly pleasant time for the young composer. The conformity of text, structure, and style merited by liturgical music stifled his creative sensibilities, as did the dearth of opportunities to travel to other musical capitals to promote his work. Nevertheless, the dozens of masses, litanies, vespers, and other sacred pieces that he wrote during this period stand as an impressive body of work all on their own, all the more so when you consider his relative youth. Once Mozart finally completed his service to the Prince Archbishop, he never again returned to sacred music except for the late motet Ave Verum Corpus and the two large-scale unfinished works just mentioned. While details are blurry, it seems that the Mass was performed in some fashion at St. Peter's Church in Salzburg on October 26, 1783. It is likely that the incomplete sections were filled out with plain song or chant, and that is a viable solution to staging the work that is sometimes employed today. Some older performing editions solved the problem of incompleteness by borrowing appropriate sections from some of Mozart's other masses. While both of these are practical solutions, neither is entirely satisfying. The version that we're about to hear is perhaps the best existing compromise. Published in 1983, this version, as James M. Keller writes, quote, does not attempt to turn the existing score into a complete mass. Instead, it maintains the structure as Mozart left it, and the Austrian composer Helmut Eder filled in musical lines that Mozart had left unwritten. Of course, the question begs to be asked, why didn't Mozart ever complete the score? There is no shortage of good answers. Some speculate that Mozart's then newfound acquaintance with the works of Bach and Handel may have rendered work on the Mass into an exercise in counterpoint. Another more practical possibility is that since the Mass was not a commissioned work, Mozart instead kept his focus on completing works that would actually refill his coffers. Whatever the case, what we do have today is a complete Kyrie and Gloria a credo of only two movements, a Sanctus missing one of its two choruses, a Benedictus missing its second chorus, and in the repeat, no Agnus Dei at all. And with our artists all ready to begin, we'll hear the Mass in C minor subtitled Great by Mozart. Joining the orchestra for the performance are the New York choral artists and soloist soprano Jennifer Zetlin, mezzo-soprano Jennifer Johnson Cano, tenor Paul Appleby, and baritone Joshua Hopkins. Alan Gilbert conducts the New York Philharmonic.
Mass in C minor by Mozart. The New York Philharmonic and the New York Choral Artists were conducted by Alan Gilbert. As soloists in the piece, we heard Jennifer Zetlin, soprano, Jennifer Johnson Cano, mezzo-soprano, Paul Appleby, tenor, and Joshua Hopkins, baritone. Philharmonic audio director Lawrence Rock is the music producer for this series. The executive producer is Vince Ford. These programs are written and produced by Mark Travis with assistance from Nick Bremer and Amanda Conti. And for now, until next time, this is Alec Baldwin wishing you good health and good music. Credit Suisse is the global sponsor of the New York Philharmonic. The New York Philharmonic this week is generously underwritten by the Kaplan Foundation, the Audrey Love Charitable Foundation, the National Endowment for the Arts, and by our corporate partner, MetLife Foundation. This program is distributed over the WFMT radio network.